I'm glad tonight that there's no man, no woman, who's too far gone, too deep down, too feeling lost, that Jesus Christ cannot deliver, that he cannot save. And the vilest offender who truly believes, says the lovely hymn, that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And that's why we are able to sing a song like this, Love lifted me when no one but Christ could save. It was love that lifted me. And thank God tonight for the love that sought us, the precious blood of Jesus that bought us, and the grace of God that brought us to the fold. I want to read to you tonight words that were spoken by the Lord Jesus. We find them in Luke's Gospel, chapter 14. In the Gospel according to St. Luke in the New Testament, chapter 14, reading from the Bible and commencing to read at verse 15. And our Savior is sitting in a particular home. He's around a meal table. There are people gathered with him. They have been listening to him speaking And then one speaks and says, Blessed is he that will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then Jesus said to him, A certain man made a great supper and bade or invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden or invited shall taste of my supper. And I'm sure that God will bless the reading of his word to our hearts for Christ's sake and glory. And our prayer is that he will subdue all our hearts and bring our thoughts into captivity to his voice and his spirit this night. You are not here by accident this evening, and it is not by accident that Mrs. Stewart and I have traveled from Port Rush to be with you and to be here this evening at the lifeboat. God brings people across each other's pathways in his divine purpose, 
and for the blessing of our lives and the salvation of precious souls. So we are very happy to be here and thank you so much for the welcome that we have experienced here already today, being with you this morning and now again tonight. And for those of you who pray for us, thank you so much. And we do continue our internet ministry that reaches around the world. And we are so thankful to the Lord for the many, many people who are listening to us week by week on those broadcasts, Glad Tidings Hour. And I want you to keep praying for that and pray that God will continue to touch lives wherever people hear the programs. I want to share with you tonight a lovely and precious story, and we've just read about it together. And I've called it this evening the Gospel Feast. And at this time of year, Harvest Thanksgiving service and Harvest Suppers are a very common sort of thing around the province when we go to churches and halls and places to celebrate God's goodness to us in giving us a harvest and allowing us to bring in crops and that we have food and everything that we need for the winter that lies ahead. But here in this story, the Lord Jesus is the speaker, and he's telling these people who are gathered around him about a very rich man who put on a very great supper and invited people to come. And you know, it was in past days that this wonderful passage was spoken on by many very, very famous people. D.L. Moody was a great evangelist. And he was very well known and he was instrumental in leading many people to Jesus Christ. Many sinners came to hear D.L. Moody preach. And they came to listen to Ira Sankey sing. And Ira Sankey used to sing a beautiful old song. There were ninety and nine that safely lay in the shelter of the fold. But one was out in the hills away far off from the gates of gold away in the mountains wild and bare, away from the tender shepherd's care. And as Myra Sankey would sing that lovely song of the 99 that were in the fold and the one that was outside, so many people would come to Jesus Christ as Sankey would sing. And Moody would begin to preach. And in this passage that we have read, he called it the chime of gospel bells. Not every time that we hear a bell ringing is a chime of good news. It sometimes is the chime of a death. And whenever someone dies, and I imagine that there will be many chiming bells in Korea and South Korea after the tragic circumstances of yesterday when over 150 young people lost their lives in a crush, I imagine that there will be the chime of bells, but it will not be the chime of joy. It will be the toll of sorrow. But nevertheless, here is the chime of gospel bells. And it's also called the gospel feast. Charles Wesley, the great hymn writer and Methodist, called it the gospel feast. Come sinners to the gospel feast. Let every soul on Jesus Christ be fed. And here's the lovely picture that I want to leave with you. First of all, there is this bountiful provision. A certain man made a great supper and invited many. It's lovely to get an invitation to some special event. 
especially if there's food on the table, especially if there's a harvest festival. And you come, and after the service is over, there's tea, and there's all kinds of nice things to eat. My father used to love going to harvest services. He'd come home, and he'd say, my, there was a great supper. He says, even the very table legs were bowed. He says, there was that much on the tables. And it's lovely to go to a feast. But I'm inviting you tonight to another feast that's not made up of tray bakes and bless and lovely desserts and all of that. I'm inviting you to the gospel feast that Jesus Christ has provided when he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When he looked into the hearts of people and he said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. And he looked out over the people that he'd spoken to all around Galilee, and he invited them to come to him because they were hungry in heart. They were lost. They were wandering. They were estranged. And he said, if you'll come to me, and accept my offer of salvation, you will never hunger again, you will never thirst again, because I will satisfy the vacuum and void within your heart. Maybe it's just like that this night in the church. A few weeks ago, we were in a service, speaking in Belfast, and sitting down in the middle of the congregation, there was a lady who had come into the building for the very first time. She was 70 years of age, and sitting there, kind of bent over, and not making eye contact with me very much, during that part of the service, I was inviting people in the message to come. And I said, here is a come that you'll find in the Bible. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And I said, you know, in the old days in Belfast, men who would go around with a pony and cart gathering up rags and old cloth, they didn't take scarlet cloth. Do you know why? Because it's twice dyed cloth. And they couldn't get the dye out of it. And I said, even though your sins be twice dyed sins, scarlet sins, Jesus Christ can wash your past out as if it had never been and you can start a brand new life, a new creature, a new creation with your past forgiven and peace made with God and ready to go to be with him when your heart stops beating. At that moment, she lifted her eyes and she looked up. And at that same moment in my heart, a voice said, that's the woman and that's the text. Afterward, when people were leaving all from the hall, this lady sat on. And afterward, she came to us, the evangelist and myself, and she said, I have sinned greatly in my life, but I want to get right with God. And that evening, we had the joy of pointing her to the Lord Jesus Christ. First time in the building. First time to hear the message. And tonight, yet may be how it is with you in the lifeboat. Do you know something? Over 600 times 
in the Bible, you will find the word come. Over 600 times. You know why? Because God who loved you and Jesus Christ who died for you on a cross wants you not to miss the invitation to come to the gospel feast, to come to the cross. You know, whenever the great golden bell was being forged in the Kremlin that rings out over Red Square in Moscow, when it was being forged, the lords and ladies came with their gold and they poured it into the great melting pot. And as it was melted down and then formed into the great bell at the Kremlin, they poured in of their wealth to create a sounding bell for Moscow. I want to tell you tonight, in the name of the Lord Jesus, for God to give to us salvation, he not only poured in gold, he poured in his own precious son's lifeblood. And it was poured in and poured out so that you and I might have salvation, that the gospel chime might ring out all over the world. The bountiful provision. Oh, my friends tonight, the joy of sharing with people that God steps out tonight on the very balconies of glory and says, come unto me. I have given you my very best, my only begotten Son. I have poured heaven out. I have spared not my Son, my only Son. And he came and he lived amongst men until one day they took him and stripped him of his clothes, whipped him and beat him until his back was like a plowed field and his face was more marred, the Bible says, than any man's. He was emaciated with the beatings and with the afflictions of those who were around him and the tormentors. And then they took him and laid on his shoulders a cross. And stumbling out through the gates of Jerusalem, a man was called in from the side to take the cross and carry it up to Calvary's hill. And there he was nailed and lifted up between two thieves. He who knew no sin, who did no sin, who had no guile in his mouth, the sinless Lamb of God. Oh, can it be that on a tree, a cross, the Savior died for me? My soul is thrilled. My heart is filled to think that he died for me. Why did he do this? He did it so that you and I might have salvation this evening. And it is provided free for the whosoever will. You say, Eric, do I need to pray more? Do I need to go to church more? Do I need to begin to read my Bible like you do? Do I need to try and be good? No. Come just as you are. Come with your sin. Come with all the things that you have done tonight that has broken his law, that has, that has spurned his invitation. Come just as you are. Bring him your sin. You know, years ago, a man wanted to do a painting and he saw a little urchin boy and he said to him, Hey, sonny boy, I want to take your picture. You're the boy I'm looking for because he says, I want to draw a picture of you because I've got a thought in mind. 
And he said, I want you to meet me at such and such a time and in such and such a place. Well, the little fella got home and he was excited and he said to his mom, he said, Mom, there's a man down the road, a painter, and he's going to paint me a picture, he says, of me. And the mother thought, well, I need to get him clothes, I need to get him washed up, and I need to get him looking good for the picture. And when he came to the studio for his painting to be taken and a portrait to be made, oh, the man says, I, I, you're not any good to me. Why not, said the boy. Well, he said, I didn't want you to come clean. He said, I didn't want you to come looking dressed up. He said, I wanted you to come look like you were, in your rags and in your dirty, filthy state. He said, that's the kind of picture I wanted to paint. I want you to know tonight that Jesus said, I don't want you to try clean up your life. I want you to come just as you are. Come just as you are. Say, Eric, but I have not heard this before. I think I need to do more. I need to say more prayers. I need to give more money maybe to good causes. I need to pray. Oh, what a, what a, come just as you are. Come now. Come now. That's what God said to Noah. Come now. Come unto the place of refuge. Well, there is the bountiful provision. Calvary cross, Jesus' death, his precious blood poured out. That's the provision tonight. The invitation is, come. And in the passage we read, it said this, come, for all things are now ready. Years and years ago, when we used to be involved in evangelism, all around South Armagh, all up around the South Armagh area, way up into Armagh City, up toward the border at Newton Hamilton and Armagh Brig, and around by Bestbrook and all those places. We used to have a banner across the pulpit. And we were young men in those days. I'm nearly 77 now. I'll be 77 next month if I'm spared to the end of the month. But we had a big banner across our pulpit and it said, Come, for all things are now ready. Here I am, 55 years after that day, and I've still got a message. Come, for all things are now ready. You know the background to that is this, that there were people out there, and the rich man wanted them to come and sit down at his table and enjoy his provision. But whenever the servants went out to say, everything's ready, come now, they made excuse. One said, I bought some land. I need to go and see it. Now, I grew up on a farm, and I wouldn't have bought land without going to see it. I'd like to have a look at it. <laughs> he said, I bought five yoke of oxen. I wouldn't have bought five bullocks unless I went to see them before taking them home. You want to see them? Well, the other boy, he was in a, he was in a real fix. He said, I've married a wife. He says, I can't come. He was under the thumb. She had got the upper hand of him. He couldn't come. They made excuse. But the interesting thing is this, and I only learned this recently. You see, they would have been told earlier that it was going to happen on, well, whatever date, say this is the 30th of October. It's going to be in the 30th of October, 2022. That's the day the feast is going to be spread, and the invitation is for that day. Are you going to be coming? Oh, yes, we'll be there. We'll be there. We'll be there. Three of them, different guys. 
But whenever the meal was going to be served, the hour wasn't announced. Seven o'clock in the evening, they didn't know that, but they knew the day and they said, we'll be coming. And so when the hour was ready, the servants went out and said, everything's ready, come now. They said, can't go, can't go, can't go. Do you know, it's no wonder that the man felt insulted and angry because they had said they were coming, now they chickened out and they didn't come. You know, it's like whenever you say to a man who invites you to do, say, are you going to come with me? And you say, oh yes, I'll be there. And then you go and you look for him and he's not there at all. He's done a runner. <laughs> well, it's good, my friends, to go whenever you promise. These men promised to come, but whenever it came to it, they turned, they turned tail and away they went. And that's why the master was angry. But you know something? You know something? Because they didn't come, the master said to the men, go out again. And where did he tell them to go? Go into the byways, go to the hedgerows, and compel them to come in. I wonder, did anybody ever compel you to come to a meeting? And see, you really need to come. You really need to come. Come with me. Come with me. And you felt, well, I couldn't deny him. These people, what kind of people were they? Well, they were the outcasts of society. They were the people that had nothing to give. Some of them were blind, some of them were lame, and they had nothing to offer. Imagine all those poor creatures being invited to a banqueting house. But that's exactly like the gospel. You and I have nothing that we can offer to God of goodness or of our own riches or of our own possessions or anything that we have. I come empty-handed, a bankrupt sinner. And thank God tonight he takes me in. I think I've seen him in my mind's eye, coming up the lovely avenue toward the house. And the lights are on, and the tables are spread. And those guys walk in and they say, Wow, we've never seen anything like this before. Look at this feed that's on here. Which table will we sit down? Take your seat anywhere you like, friends, says the rich man. And Jesus says, take your seat anywhere, but be sure you come. Be sure you come. And so tonight he reaches out with all his love and mercy and all his grace, and he takes the people who are outcasts of society, people who have nothing to offer, and he says, you're the kind of people that I gave my life for. You know what the Bible says? He came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. They that are healthy don't need the doctor, but they that are sick. And in that lovely opening hymn, we had that song, I was sick and in sin. And bless God tonight whenever we are sick of our sin when we are feeling lost, when we are feeling no one cares, no one's interested in me, let me tell you this, the love that Jesus had for me to give his life on Calvary's tree is more than tongue can tell. It's more than tongue can tell. The love that Jesus had for me is more than tongue can tell.
can tell. And tonight, as we come to the end of our service, coming to the end of our little message and time together, may I invite you to come to Jesus? May I tell you this evening that he is waiting. The door of opportunity is open. The invitation is genuine. Calvary's cross is for your salvation, for the blotting out of your past as if it had never been, scarlet even though it might be, double-dyed, deep and lost. Jesus Christ, by his precious blood, can make it white as snow and give you tonight, before you go out through the door, the assurance that you are really born again of the Spirit of God. You have been set free. You have been brought into his banqueting house and his banner over you is love. That's what the Bible says. He brought me into the banqueting house and his banner over me is love. And I'm glad this evening again for such a simple and such a glorious message. The Lord said, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. There's a little phrase there that you might have noticed. The servant said, it is done, and yet there is room. Yet there is room. The song says, though millions have come, there's still room for one. There's room at the cross for you. Do you see a space in your mind's eye? Do you feel that you should be filling it? And saying, you know, tonight I'll get right with God. Tonight I will repent of my sin. Tonight I'm going to say goodbye devil, goodbye world, goodbye sin. Welcome Jesus. This is the night. It's like Billy Sunday, who was the fastest baseball runner in the baseball of the Chicago Red Sox, and he sat and he listened to a message like this. And he jumped up at the end of it, and he said to the rest of the boys in the baseball team, he said, Good night, boys. I'm through with you. I'm going to follow Jesus. And Billy Sunday became one of the greatest soul winners in history that we probably have known. What an amazing transformation. That can happen to you tonight. That can happen to anyone who is willing, ready, and feels they need to come. Dear loving Lord Jesus, we pray this evening that you will take your simple, precious word and write it into our hearts. And we ask in the name of Jesus tonight that there will be those who will come to the cross of Calvary in simple childlike faith, bringing their sin and their darkness to the Savior who is able to blot it out and make them a new creature in Jesus Christ. We pray in the name of Jesus our Savior. Amen. There's a lovely hymn in our hymn books. It's number 347. And it will close out our service tonight. Sinner, how thy heart is troubled. 
God is coming very near. Do not hide thy deep emotion. Do not check that falling tear. 347. Listen to the words as you sing them and as you hear the others singing them around you and apply them to your own heart. Young people tonight, this can be your night. This can be your night. You've been here many times, but you have not yet come to Jesus Christ. The chorus is saying, Oh, be saved. His grace is free. Oh, be saved. He died for thee.